As you might imagine, this week we're going to take a detour from our Half-Truths sermon series and turn instead to Psalm 103. Uh, We're doing this logistically because I didn't know I was preaching until yesterday. (laughs) Um, So I'm doing it as an act of grace for myself and just inviting you into that as well. Um, And we're also doing this liturgically because it's Communion Sunday. Psalm 103 is the responsive reading in our communion liturgy, so it feels appropriate to slow down and spend some time on it. It's also a passage, Psalm 103, that I find myself remembering when people die because the psalmist says God remembers that we are dust even when we are gone. Before we hear God's word for us today, let's pray. God of all goodness, you welcome us, forgive us, and heal us. You seek us out from places where we have hidden from you. You crown us with steadfast love and mercy. Reveal yourself to us in this moment. Let us know your presence so that we may bless you. Bless your name. O holy God. Amen. Let's turn together to Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquity. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. 
Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This psalm, Psalm 103, is used as our prayer of thanksgiving after communion because it reminds us what God has done. God revealed himself to Moses and made a covenant with the people of Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. The psalm reveals a God who is in the business of forgiving and healing and redeeming. The Lord is merciful and gracious, not holding on to anger. His steadfast love is so vast that when the psalmist tries to measure it by the height of the sky or by the depth of the compass, he can't do it. It's immeasurable, God's love. Ultimately, we learn more about the depth of God's love through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and that's the love we come to celebrate at the table this morning. But this psalm, Psalm 103, is also one of hope. Hope that we are meaningful to God, even though we are only dust. And hope that God will continue to remember his covenant relationship with us. Dust has been on my mind a lot this week. On Tuesday, Eric and I began a small kitchen renovation project, which involved removing some of our tile backsplash and creating a lot of dust. So as I vacuumed up the bits of grout and tile, which I've already done twice, I remembered I am really proud of the dust that we are creating together in our home. On Wednesday, I cleaned up some of the many supplies that have been donated for the crossing program. As I wiped down the dusty books and puzzle boxes, I thought about how precious those kids are who come through our doors on Wednesdays. And on Friday, when Pastor Stephen called to say that Caitlin was on her way, to be with her family as her father's health declined. I thought again of dust. As I prepared the email update to share the news of his death, I remembered how beloved Michael Kreienbrink is by his family and by God. I prayed that his dusty life would be redeemed from the pit, like the psalmist says. We are all dust. Eric and I, the kids who come on Wednesday, Michael, all of us. It's what we are. Remember with me that in Genesis, our God created Adam from the dust, from the Adama, which is where he got his name, Adam, Adama. This seemingly annoying, worthless thing that we want to clean up or throw out, that is what we are made of in this narrative account. Now it's awesome to think about the Lord being so powerful that God can make a person out of dust. That's an incredible miracle. But it's not so awesome to think of ourselves, the icing on the cake of creation, being formed from dust. If we're so important and so significant, why do we come from such an annoying, worthless thing? Dust is an important biblical image 
like water, cornerstones, bread and cup, staff, wind. And when dust comes up, it's often to put people in their place. Dust comes up a lot in the book of Job. After complaining about his actually quite horrible circumstances and whining with his friends about it for 37 chapters, the Lord finally speaks to Job. The Lord says, and here I'm paraphrasing, Job, you are from dust. Where were you at the creation of the world? Did you hang the stars in the sky? Did you cause the rain to come? Did you command eagles where to land or put wisdom in the minds of humankind? No, Job. You are dust, and you will be dust again. Basically, God is saying, don't question me, Job. We are not on the same level. Job responds to the Lord, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I have uttered things I don't understand. And I repent in dust. I repent in dust. Dust is an important image. Jesus uses it too in the New Testament. In John 8, a woman who has been caught in adultery is brought to Jesus while he is teaching. The Pharisees and other religious leaders are furious and want to see this woman punished for her actions. But instead of condemning her, Jesus, remember with me, begins to write in the dust. The crowd is still upset, so Jesus rises and said, fine, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he crouches down and continues to write in the dust. I wonder if Jesus does this, not because he has something really important to write down, like a sort of ancient sticky note, but rather as a visual reminder. You guys, everybody comes from this. All people are made of the same stuff. All people are recipients of God's grace and mercy. This woman is no more deserving of punishment than you. You are all made from dust and to dust, you will return. Dust is everywhere, in scripture and in life. Just as I pour myself a glass of water and am reminded of my baptism, so I wipe off my bookshelf and remember that I am dust. When I tear apart my kitchen and wipe off old toys and hear the news of Michael's death, the dust swirls around and reminds me how similar we are. Our God knows how we were made. We return to dust. That's an important part of who we are. Together we cling to the promises in scripture. We are more than dust people because the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The Lord knows how we were made because he made us, and our life and death are in his merciful, gracious, and loving hands. As we remember that we are dust, I can't think of a better way to respond than by coming to this place.
to this table, to this place of remembrance and communion and hope. Here we remember, as we do in the hearing of God's word, we remember that Jesus extends to us an offer of grace that is not dependent upon our own worthiness, but rather an invitation to be new creations so inspired by the love of our God that we are not the same. So we do this in communion together as the body of Christ because Christ so loved us all and redeemed us all. Because we all face temptations, not only as individuals, but as the body. We need Jesus. We come together to remember that. We hope that this small piece of bread and this tiny taste of juice are just foretastes of the heavenly glory that is to come. We long together for God's kingdom. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we know that we are dust. We are from dust. And one day we will all return to dust. Today we remember our place and we are grateful that you look upon us with mercy, with grace, and with love. Thank you for claiming us as your children, for filling our lives with meaning and purpose. Open our hearts to these promises that we may embody Christ in all that we do, in all that we say. We love you, Lord. Amen.